0: Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by Choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and He turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. girl. There's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on the couch. I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thanks for being here. I want you to always feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Kuwait, our spotlight country. And in the U.S., California, you remain as the state with the most downloads this week. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 90 countries, which tells me there's a need to talk about grief and that it's felt throughout the world. So please know that whatever country or state you are in, you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. To you new listeners, welcome to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here, though, because it tells me that you are taking steps towards your healing. Now, if you hear me talk about Monica, her faith, or her death, and you want some background, just go to my website, grief2greatday.com, and click on the book tab. You can read about the book I wrote entitled Dying to be Healed. It's about Monica's faith journey through the last six months. They were unreal, and her death changed me. She is actually the reason that you're listening to me today. In this podcast, we talk about understanding what it is you're going through. See, grief is not just about being sad. talk about how to get through the day and growing your faith, even if you don't want to talk to God right now. If you are just starting your journey, please know, life will change. Today is not your forever. It's important for you to hear that often. Now, you won't stop missing your loved one, but you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. So as we start today, let me ask you this question. How many times have you prayed for this pain to stop? And yet the tears keep falling. How many times have you prayed for help getting through another difficult hour or day, and the mornings are still overwhelming? So are your prayers being heard? Nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to be getting better. And you start to wonder, does God hear me? And if he does, does he even care? Today we're going to talk about three ways to draw closer to God in this season of heartbreak. My focus is really on prayer. But instead of saying, oh, just pray, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I don't know where you are today in your prayer life, so I will just share mine, how I was pre-grief, through grief, and then after grief. So before grief, I worked pretty hard to be a good Christian, or what I thought that meant at the time. So I'd feel guilt when I didn't read devotions or pray regularly. I was working at the hospital, and there was a co-worker who really got on my nerves. <laughs> See, when she didn't want to do something, she would cry to our supervisor. I was shocked. Cry? Really? It happened a lot. And then I ended up getting her work. So I would read the verse, let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth. And every time I wanted to let her have it, I would read the verse. After reading the verse multiple times, I really didn't feel any different. I just didn't cuss at her. For me at that time, there was no real power in my prayers because for me at that time, I didn't have a close relationship with God. I felt guilt about what I was not doing. So that made me read or pray inconsistently. I went into grief with the same mentality, but with added anger and questions. I did pray more honestly than ever, and I prayed more than ever because I didn't think I was going to make it. Monica's example of faith in believing that she had been healed fueled my anger at God, but it also made me examine how Monica went through cancer. Her physical symptoms worsened and she became bedbound. But her walk with God, her faith, and her dependence on Him gave her this power to not only make it on the hard days, but to get through them with love, light, and power. She talked to Jesus like he was right there. I wanted to have that same thing, but I wasn't sure God saw me the same way he saw her. After over a year of my fight with God, my accusations, my desire to get through grief with purpose, things began to change. There were a couple of things that happened. Monica's and my verse for her ministry was Jeremiah 29:11. You know, the one about God has a plan and a purpose for you. Well, in grief, I thought it was crap. And I wanted nothing to do with that verse. But I kept coming back to seek first. It was through songs and sermons. It was everywhere. And speaking of songs, certain songs kept playing regardless of what time of the day I had the radio on. They would play and the words would be like an answer to what was weighing heavy on my mind. People would speak into my life, things that I only talked with God about. My friend Trish told me that she saw me Now, this is the first year of my grief. She said she saw that I would have a ministry and be married in five years. That was hilarious. I was still trying to make sure I took daily showers. But see, these glimpses, they kept that small flame of hope burning just enough to get through another hour or another day. Statistically, I believe it'd be impossible for all those personalized glimpses to occur if not for God. In the second year of grief, I spent as much time with God through reading the Bible, listening to sermons and praying as I had the first year, but my goal, it was no longer to prove to God that he had messed up. I know that sounds a little nuts, but maybe you totally get it. My new goal was to see if there was enough to prove him right. Again, not a great goal, (laughs) but it kept me connected. If I really believed with my mustard seed sized faith, If I really allowed him to change me and not expect him to change my circumstances, and if I really gave up my desperate need to be free of the pain and confusion of grief, what would he do? And what happened? It was miraculous. It truly was. I began to make it through the days a little easier. I was able to take a shower without it being an all-day event. I began to want to read the Bible, and that was big. I didn't have guilt. Guilt about not reading was gone. I began to want to pray, to be in his presence. I began to see that I didn't have to work hard for a relationship with God. I began to see that I wasn't going to get the answers that I wanted so badly, but it was starting to be okay not to have those answers. I saw something bigger than I was, and I didn't try to figure out what that was going to look like. In my mind, I knew it would be related to health since my degrees and passion were about chronic disease prevention and reversal. Then, post-grief. And what I mean by post-grief, I don't think we're supposed to grieve forever. That is not God's purpose for our heart. You never stop loving or missing your loved one. You never get over the loss. But for me, post-grief was, I don't know, end of the second year, walking into the third year. My desires to read and pray remained. My dislike for that co-worker, I know you were wondering, it didn't go away, but it also didn't matter anymore. I just did the extra work and I, I really didn't care. My striving actually ceased. And I enjoyed days that used to be impossible to get through. Now y'all know how monumental that is. I began to put my hands to the work of this new ministry with another friend. And here's the funny part. When we were ready to launch the ministry, I couldn't do it. I told the web designer to not go live because something was off. I knew that I knew that I knew that I wasn't supposed to move forward at that time. And it frustrated me, but I was certain of it. Years later, when I was ready to move forward on the health ministry again, God said, grief. What? I reminded him of how much I had gone through and how I loved the health stuff desires of my heart, and all that. I did not want to be the grief girl. I didn't want to always be serious. I wanted to have fun and create things to help people prevent and reverse disease. And the next thing you know, I'm telling Jeff that I'm supposed to do grief support. It took me the first year of the Grief to Great Day ministry to really understand that I am not the grief girl. I'm the hope girl. See, if God changed my mess of a life when I didn't feel like he even saw me or cared, then his word was true. And if his word is true for me, then it's going to be true for you too. I hope you can see that my version of going after God was a hot mess. My prayers weren't perfect or pretty, but they were honest. There was never a day that went by that I did not spend some kind of time with God, even when it didn't look pretty. But the action of spending time Going after him was there every day. So here are the practicals for you. First, do not worry about how to pray. Let me give you an example. Do you have to address your friends or family members in a certain way for them to hear you? Full disclosure, this question of how to pray came up for me too. And the Bible does give a great example. The verse that starts with, Our Father who art in heaven, So if it helps you to use that as your blueprint, then use it. But I need you to also know that if God heard my jumbled up accusations, he'll hear whatever you have. Second, in your prayers, just be honest. Yes, God knows your heart, but you sharing it shows faith and trust. So if you're upset, disappointed, wanting to give up, have unforgiveness, whatever it is, share it with them. Don't feel like you have to go from zero to 100 In other words, no communication to an hour a day. That's not realistic for us humans if we're going to be consistent. Do something. Talk to God during the day a little bit at a time. And out loud, that doesn't hurt either. And be willing. Now, here's something that takes time. Be willing to do the work of grief without controlling the outcome of the work. So when you pray and you're like, I should have heard something by now, it's been a month. I should have heard something by now, it's been six months. I should feel different by now, it's been a year. Remember that God is the author of the outcome. So take the pressure off of you. Take the control out of your hands. This part really is hard. So allow God to control what he controls. And you, you take care of what is within your ability, like getting out of bed, like engaging with others as you are able and Praying. And third, this is the hardest season of your life, and it's also one of the best seasons to be dependent on the Lord. Everything in your life versus the life you had before grief, it looks totally different now. All of the things of this world, they no longer hold the shine they once did. The small stuff becomes small stuff. Patience with drama disappears And dependence on God is what is going to get you through and heal. Choose to take these steps even when you don't want to. Choose to take these steps even when you feel nothing but fear. You know, the kind that makes you want to throw up. Choose to take the steps and watch what God will do. Your decision making will be easier. And God will order your steps to an outcome you never saw coming. Now going back to my experience. I never thought I would get through grief, but God. I never thought I'd have real purpose again, but God. I wanted a health ministry, but God. (laughs) And now I get to tell how good God is. Go after Him through prayer and reading the Bible like your life depends on it, because your future life depends on it. I find that after grief, when the things happen that you have prayed for, like life becomes a new normal and you go through the routines that you used to go through with little effort, when all those good things happen, your dependency on God isn't as urgent. But what I know about life is that there will always be another season of grief or disappointment. And if I don't stay dependent on God, it's entirely possible that I could have a hard struggle yet again. I just want you to keep that in your mind Because when life stops being so hard, and it will, I promise it will. You're just like, I want to get to that point. It will. Our need for God is no less. It just feels less urgent. The word of the week is Luke 5, 15. But Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. See, when Jesus was on earth and in human form, he also needed to pray and to have time alone to be with his father. So how much more do we need this? Your journey works are to move into action about your prayer life. If that means setting aside a time every day that you just sit, even if you're so angry you can't pray, just sit and be and call that your time with God. It'll change, but just do something towards a prayer life, a consistent prayer life day to day. And remember, don't worry how to pray. Be honest in your prayers and let God control the outcome. And no more hints here. I have big news to share. Save the date of November 13th, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. I'll be hosting the Holiday Grief Relief Summit, which has been created with you in mind. The holidays aren't that far off. And if you're like I was, you start feeling a little anxiety about what you're going to do, how you're going to get through, all that stuff. So take a break from the holiday hype and join us. This is not an educational summit, though you will learn some things. This is going to be inspirational. You're going to hear stories of women who get it because they have walked what you are, and you'll hear of their transformations. It's going to give you great hope. I want you to come as you are and connect with other Christian women There's going to be music, the spoken word, and prizes, so you need to come. But all joking aside, this summit could be a changing day for you. Look for more details October 23rd when registration goes live. I will let you know here, and I'll let you know first in the private Facebook group. So you probably want to go ahead and join. By listening to this episode, it tells me you are doing the work of grief, and I know that's not easy. So, if you're ready to take another step towards your healing, there are more resources on my website, griefthenumber2greatday.com, for you. And another step would be coming to the summit. The summit is free. so All you have to do is click the button to register on October 23rd. All the links you're going to need are in the show notes. And if you don't have a home church, please visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Until next time, remember who holds your future. And know that you are not alone. Keep coming back to the house. Keep sitting on the couch. And keep taking those steps, however small or slow, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today. For showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.